0: The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Create a career and a life you love. Welcome to Bring Your Soul to Work with Mo Fall. And here we are at Bring Your Soul to Work time. I have a really, really cool topic to talk about today and something that not many people understand enough about. And if you're new to my show, welcome to Bring Your Soul to Work. This is kick-ass Coach Mo Fall. Why do I say kick-ass? Because I'm the founder and creator of a 12 week transformational journey that we take professional women on to up-level their careers. And our secret formula is to bring their soul back alive first. We have a great resume coach certified in everything that you can be certified in resume and LinkedIn. And she can't do her job. She can't possibly put a great resume together for any of our clients as long as their souls are not powerful and shiny and you can't really direct and craft and create your career until you feel awesome inside. A lot of the women we talk to on our clarity calls have settled. They've settled and they've stayed stuck. And they convince themselves all sorts of reasons why that's okay. And you know, we humans are really, really, really great at normalizing things. We are really, really great at normalizing. It's one of the most powerful defense mechanisms that we have in order to put ourselves at ease because when we're in fear or anxiety or worry, that piece of our brain that is primitive and We sometimes call it the lizard brain. Um, It throws us into a tizzy. And we can give ourselves a little bit of relief by normalizing our fear and our pain and disappointment, our, our settling, all of that stuff that doesn't feel good. We normalize it as quickly as we can so that we can feel better. This is a booby trap, though. Because normalizing things that aren't working out is... It's, it, it's, I, I don't want to be so dramatic, but this is true. It's like basically uh, killing yourself slowly. And when your soul has been settling for too long, it loses its brilliance. And at that point, there is no chance that your career is going to go well. If your soul has lost its brilliance, there's just no chance. Not going to happen. You cannot outwork a dim soul, get depleted. You will have nothing left at the end of the day. You will be using every evening and every weekend recovering from being depleted. You will begin isolating from social events. You will begin if you're living with a love interest, perhaps a husband, a spouse, any type of partner, you're going to start to distance yourself from that person because they don't want to keep hearing how miserable you are and you don't want to keep talking about it. And the other thing that's going to happen is you're going to use other methods of soothing your pain, excess Netflix uh, streaming, excess alcohol, excess food. You're going to do whatever you can to soothe yourself. This is a not winning strategy. A winning strategy is to get your soul back. And this is the, Secret ingredient that I came across for my career after my breast cancer journey. I Was so poisoning myself with negative thoughts that it turned into cancer and If you're not appreciating that your thoughts and feelings affect your cells in your body Then you you should probably get on board with this idea because it is scientifically true and we are now able to see the results of actually having more positive thoughts and how that positively affects the body. One of the big pioneers, actually there's two gentlemen who are doing a lot of pioneering work in this field, Joe Dispenza, uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza who has devoted his life to neuroscience and the science of meditation and how it affects impacts the body. And um, another gentleman who wrote the book, The Biology of Belief, Bruce Lipton, a fascinating cellular biologist, who in his research, in his labs, determined that cells can live without their nucleus. What? I don't know about you, but when I took biology, and physiology, and advanced this and that when I was in college for nursing, Um, the nucleus was like the control center of the cell and that's what we thought for decades. And then he determined that the thing that keeps a cell alive is the permeability of the cell membrane. What goes in and out of a cell is the most important thing to a cell thriving. Yeah. Think about that for a a minute. Same with your body. What you let in, how permeable you are to toxins and negativity is going to determine how the body is going. And how we let things in is by having beliefs around certain things that are either negative or positive. And I'm going to tell you this right now. I know something 100% for sure about you without even knowing you, you have deep limiting beliefs that are clouding your judgment. And you may not even know it. One of the uh, brand new women in our workshop is just on her first week. And she posted a really intriguing post in our Facebook community for all the ladies who are in the 12 week workshop. We have a private Facebook community. And it's a brilliant way for these ladies who are on this journey together to share their experiences, both stumble and fall experiences and celebrations and some of the great work that they're doing. So she does this post today um, around one of the lessons I have in one of the sections I have in lesson one. And she realizes that her dog... And her dog's anxiety problem is her problem. And she has spent tens of thousands of dollars on trainers for her dog, and her dog is perfectly trained and okay and just fine with the trainers. Not with her. This is 100% understandable. And she had a huge light bulb epiphany moment over the last 24 hours about this. What she is giving off in her self-talk and her energy is literally dominating her dog's feeling and her dog's energy. And she came to realize that in the last 24 hours. Now she's taking responsibility for what she's putting out there and what she's thinking and feeling Instead of being full of anxiety and worry, she's going to start to change. Now, it's going to take a little bit of time to change fully and deeply, and it may be an entire lifetime of peeling back layer after layer, but we're going to help her out a lot in the first week. The very first thing that we do in our 12-week transformational workshop is the beginning of a lifetime journey of learning how to master your inner self. Because the reason why careers don't work out is because you're letting the external world dominate how you think and feel about yourself. Plain and simple. And what does that look like? Well, see, here's the thing. Your soul is inside. The dominion of your divine is inside you. And yet that soul basically takes up residence in your body. And if you could imagine this little candle sitting right inside your abdomen (laughs) to just scope out a picture here. And the flame of that candle is just lit just enough to know it's there. But it's not really beaming out. It's just a little like a pilot light. That's how most people are walking around with, with this little pilot light that they know it's there. And there's some inkling that there's a greater version of themselves somewhere it's hard to get much out of it. And so what happens is that the inner dialogue, the limiting beliefs and all the stuff that you were taught to think and feel about yourself and how the world is, is like having a bunch of people over sitting at the table, all talking at once. And let's say you're sitting there wanting to share something really important and profound. But since everyone's talking You can't get a word in edgewise. So you don't even bother. And all you do is sit there through a very confusing and calamity filled conversation. And you get exhausted. And you're probably going to excuse yourself in a short while. That's what your soul has been doing. It's been excusing itself from a too busy of a conversation that you're having with your limiting beliefs all day long why can't i just get ahead how come they won't promote me how come they don't invite me to the big meetings how come they leave me out how come we don't work together like i want to work together how come this why am i that what's going on and all of that is coming from being victimized being put upon this is a horrible place to live because when you live there the internal dialogue is going back and forth well it shouldn't be that way I should be able to do this. I'm smart. I have a master's degree. Why aren't they listening to me? That person who just got ahead doesn't even have the experience I have. I've been here nine years. How come I'm not getting ahead? I talked to a woman on a clarity call the other day and hopefully she will choose a path of working with us and getting her career under, under control. She spent somewhere for nine years and someone tapped her for a big assignment and she said, no, I think that person should do this big assignment. Ugh. Wow. Giving your power away is so easy. And you know what? You convince yourself that you're just being rational and smart and nice. No. You're giving your power away. Another woman who's in our workshop for a couple of weeks now, she is in a great job. At a company that seems to be kind of shrinking and going in the wrong direction, but she's in the client support level role and she's doing her thing and jamming and jamming and she's got a counterpart who happens to be a male and she's letting that counterpart be the communicator up the stream because she got down a few times on communicating upstream. So now she only goes through him, even though they're counterparts, they have the same equal power in the organization, but she's giving it all to him. (sighs) My heart hurts thinking about these women. I'm working with one of them, thinking about these women navigating their world and navigating their life, and they can't possibly be feeling good inside. And that breaks my heart. And what breaks my heart even more is we have a very proven formula to fix this. And some people may not be ready for taking responsibility. Some people may not be ready to understand that their inner world is the exact thing that's dictating what's going on in the outer world. The title of this show today is called The Perfect Will of Your Inner Being. But the problem is most people's inner being has been shut down and pushed aside Because the dialogue and the limiting beliefs and the amount of normalizing a not good situation has basically pushed the soul into the back of the room while all the limiting beliefs are chatting up a storm cha chat 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 you're not good enough they'll never listen you'll never get ahead you haven't gotten a promotion in nine years you're only going to get small little increases don't worry and no one else would ever hire you anyway you better just stay here and your resume sucks and you've never really gotten a real job so you don't really know what you're doing i mean on and, on and on and on and on take stock of what you're thinking when you're driving take stock of what you're thinking when you're lying in bed at night trying to fall asleep take stock Take inventory. Literally, what are the thoughts that are going through your brain? Now, they're not just going through your brain. They're aiming themselves at the perhaps the poisoning of your inner you. You're the worst critic of who you are. And when you do that, you're pinching off your divinity. You're pinching off your inner being. You're pinching it off. That's why it hurts so much. And you can't even hear it because it's like that busy table with everyone talking at once. And you can't sleep well at night because they won't shut up. And after a little while of doing this, the lizard brain, the amygdala, it's a real piece of your brain, the amygdala is so heightened that you stop producing melatonin. The amygdala is so heightened that you have adrenaline and cortisol coursing through your body at a rate that you weren't built for. The human body was not built to have adrenaline and cortisol circulating its body 24-7. It was built to have a little shot of it for a 10-minute period of time while you freaking ran away from something or fought someone. The way our physiology is built is not for the modern world. Well, maybe it is, but We humans don't have the skills to navigate the modern world and control our inner being and control our physiology. Uh, one of my director of coaching, Miliana, and I were just live in our uh, Facebook groups with our kick ass ladies. And I said to them, one of the things that you must continue to get better at is to discipline your disappointment and to fall in love with fear. Now those two things are the arch nemesis of your fear brain because your fear brain wants to take disappointment and prove to the inner dialogue that you're not worthy. It's going to attach itself to stories you've been telling yourself. See, you can't get ahead. See, they don't trust me. See, they're not trustworthy. See, they're jerks. They're idiots. All sorts of things are going to happen when you get disappointed, if you're still in your limiting beliefs and your inner being is going to take a different approach, that inner being, that is the strong, beautiful, awesome soul of yourself is going to take disappointment and say, Hmm, I guess that wasn't really meant to be. I'm going to just keep going forward on something else. And I'm going to take this lesson. Maybe there's something for me to learn. Maybe that didn't work out for me because I didn't speak my truth. Maybe that didn't work out for me because I wasn't as clear as I could be in my communication. Maybe that didn't work out for me because I wasn't really a good fit. And I'm going to continue to build myself up in clarity and purpose. And I'm going to continue to move forward for the best fit for me. And I know it's there as long as I keep doing the work to line my awesomeness up. That's what someone who's a master of their inner world takes disappointment and someone who is not a master who has the outer world controlling their life is going to take disappointment and attach it and amplify the limiting beliefs inside. And the inner being isn't going to have a fighting chance. I want all people walking on this great planet of ours to understand that their inner being is their beautiful light. Their inner being is their beauty their strength. And when your inner being is lit up, you can hear it. You can feel it. And you know, truth in such a way that it is astounding. The women who are going through our 12 week transformational journey with us begin to feel ways that they haven't felt in decades because we bring that soul back to life. Some of them haven't felt that since they were little girls. Some confess that they haven't felt that way really in their memory. And some say, this was me when I went to college. This was how I was when I was in college. And at 52, they've lost sight of that. And they've gotten confused navigating their power in the world of work. Perhaps they've had a relationship or two that went the wrong direction and they began doubting their abilities to love or to be concerned with people or they've perhaps lost their trust in human beings in general and said to themselves, I guess people don't know how to love. I guess I'm not lovable. There's an unlimited amount of things that come into our lives to teach us lessons, and when we internalize it, an inner dialogue that tears us down, we are not honoring our divinity. We are letting our ego and our limiting beliefs take hold and be in charge. And to me, that's the biggest sin of any of us human beings, to allow the negativity of life to direct who we are and what we believe to be true when you let negative thoughts and feelings own you, you're not going to make good decisions for your future. You're not going to make smart decisions about anything. Because when fear dictates your decision-making, whoa, you're not going to move from bad job. You're not going to effectively ask for more money. You're not going to consider yourself appropriate for a promotion. You're going to run and hide every time something feels like it didn't go in the right direction. You're not going to learn. You're going to lose your natural curiosity because you'll just feel that there's no point. This is not a good way to live, and this is why I consider this to be the biggest sin. When you are living your life against your highest Inner being. You're living against your divinity. And when your amygdala is turned on and shooting out adrenaline and cortisol 24 7, and it begins to affect your physiology by not sleeping. You know what else happens when you have cortisol and adrenaline circulating in your body week after week, month after month, year after year? You start to gain weight. because your body has gotten a consistent message that you're under attack and when we're under attack it's our own human physiology to turn everything we eat into fuel for the future because it's afraid it won't get fed that's what happens that's what happens there's a lot of scientific studies out there that tell you the the real science behind what I'm telling you. I've read many of them. Because as a young nurse, I was always intrigued. Why do some people seem to live a life that seems really cool and other people seem to just be suffering and tortured all their lives? What is up with that? And as a young nursing student in college, 19, 20 years old, I began to really use my curiosity to figure this out. I was learning about the body and how it worked. And I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of things that have to go right to be healthy, but it's kind of amazing that things go wrong in some people's bodies beyond just genetic mutation type of stuff. And when I was going in college, we were beginning to understand the the negative effects of, of stress. And when I first started... Uh, teaching cardiac patients how to recover from heart surgery, heart attacks, valve replacement surgery, heart transplants. As a young nurse, we called it stress management. And I was teaching people how to reduce the nervous system's reactions through deep breathing and visualization exercises. We weren't really allowed to call it meditation then because that was like a bad word there's still some people who kind of get freaked out over the word meditation, which I don't understand why it's purely the body's ability to calm itself. And it is the most amazing skill for a human being to have. If you can control your nervous system's responses, you're going to be thousands of steps ahead because when you can master your body's response to the external world, you're not going to be manipulated by it. Think about that. If I have a disappointment in my life, it doesn't alter me. I move through disappointments. I move through fear. I navigate it with flow because I've got my inner being beaming really big, really strong. because I've been working at it for decades because I got really curious about this when I was a young person and a young nurse. And I turned all the stuff I was learning about the human body and all the stuff I saw with cardiac patients in my early career. And I started getting more and more intrigued and I wanted to be successful. So I took a path of success in the healthcare world as a manager a leader, as an executive. I wanted to be more successful so I could have more impact in the world. Because as a nurse, I'm taking care of two to five patients a day. That's huge. It's an impact saving them from dying. Yes, it's awesome. But as a manager, I was able to have impact over hundreds per day. And as I ended my career at the top of the organizational chart, literally thousands of providers, of nurse anesthetists and physicians taking care of tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of patients a day. And if I did my job well, hundreds of thousands of patients went through surgery and anesthesia with good results. Now that's a pretty big impact. And then I decided six years ago to retire from all of that wonderfulness and do my coaching. And now the ripple effect of having the perfect will of my inner being guide my work has allowed me to impact thousands and thousands of lives. And I'll do the math for you when we get back. I'll also talk about how you find that inner being and what to do to move yourself in a beautiful, gorgeous way through life. This is Coach Mo Fault. we'll be back after the break. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Love your work and your life. This is Bring Your Soul to Work with Mo Fall. We are learning how to bring our soul to work today, and in the first half of this show, I mentioned a few things about some women who uh, I've worked with, who I've spoken to on clarity calls. If you like what you hear and you feel that your career is probably not going in the direction of your inner being being satisfied, you can very easily book a complimentary career clarity call with my team. And that is very simple. You go to mofall.com slash give me clarity. We made it super easy for you. So mofall.com/ slash give me clarity. We'll pop you over to my website and that page in particular has a little, uh, scheduler mechanism that you go ahead and book your time. And I believe we book you for uh, 45 minutes to an hour of a slot. And you'll talk to one of my super expert experienced and wonderful career breakthrough strategists and we'll get into what's going on with your career. And if we can help you out, we'll talk about what that looks like. We can't help everyone. And sometimes it's not a great fit and that's okay too. The call is still complimentary and you don't need to really prepare for it. All you just need to do is carve out the time to do it and to honor yourself with an honest call with an expert. We've helped over 700 women. It's probably closer to 800 now uh, through the last five plus years I've been doing this work. Our kick-ass workshop is designed for busy professional women to go on this 12 week transformational journey. And it's the exact steps I took after my breast cancer journey to claim my career back and to really elevate myself in a place where I felt that my inner being was directing the show. Because prior to that, my successful career looked great on paper, and it was. But on the inside, I was fighting an internal battle. As a young girl growing up Catholic and in a big family, I was really good at following the rules and doing what was expected of me. I did a great job doing that in college, studying nursing. I did a great job doing that as a nurse. And, you know, as a nurse, you kind of have to do what you're supposed to do. You can't wing it, and you can't think that you know something better. And you have to learn to work with the doctors who are basically writing the orders and dictating what's going on. But here's the interesting thing about being a nurse. Sometimes the doctors get it wrong. Or perhaps they don't have every piece of information that you do as the nurse. And sometimes you have to go back to the doctor and say, you know what, Uh, you prescribed this medicine but you might not know that the patient's magnesium is this. Oh, well if the magnesium is that I can't prescribe that medicine, let's do a different medicine. Ch-ch-ch-ch. Exactly. So now with electronic medical records and things like that, doctors really don't have too much excuse for not seeing a piece of information because everything's available. When I was a nurse, it was everything was manual and sometimes the lab reports didn't get put in the chart right away. And there was a lot of things we had to compensate for. But as a nurse, if you knew your patient and you knew what was going on, you could always help the doctor do a better job. And that skill that I developed as a nurse helped me in every, every layer of being a healthcare executive as I moved my career forward. Being able to navigate and collaborate And being able to push myself to the level of truth and this needing to be said and that needing to be done. And here's the next great move we need to make. All of that was really, really helpful. And I was good at at doing that. But inside, I doubted myself. I wasn't sure. I didn't feel as strong as I felt like I was beyond the outside. I felt in conflict because my inner being wasn't lined up with who I was on the outside and then the outside stuff started to crumble. But what happens over time is that the inner being not being lit up while you're working so hard, you get depleted and now your body starts to break down. And at the age of 46, I was diagnosed with breast cancer in both breasts and had to have a double mastectomy. And that was not a fun experience at all. But you know, there's something really great about facing your mortality and realizing that the end of the road could be now. I wouldn't wish it upon anyone to have that experience, but it changed me forever and it still lives in me as a reminder of who I am and who I have claimed I am. And the pain of that experience being told you have cancer being told I had to have the double mastectomy. Having to face all of that gave me a internal strength that I really didn't have before, before that experience. I had a lot of strength. I was pretty tough, but I didn't have that level of strength. And if you want to know what you're made of, have a needle poked through your nipple and <laughs> inject dye in it. That's tough stuff, (laughs) not to get too gross. This is a family show, I believe, but that's what happens the day before your double mastectomy. So that dye goes into all of the uh, lymph nodes, into the lymph uh, system, and colors the lymph nodes so that the surgeons, when they're doing the surgery, can remove some of the lymph nodes to see if they're suspicious, to see how far the cancer has migrated out of the breast tissue. And so the big, the big news after having a double mastectomy is about what the pathology report looked like. So I had a couple of nodes in both breasts. And if the surgeons were really careful, they could have possibly done some lumpectomies. But it just seemed like that was going to be a short-term solution. So we agreed that the best approach was the double mastectomy with reconstruction during the surgery, which was a 13-hour Ordeal. I was in the process of actually training for the Marine Corps marathon with my little sister. And so I told the surgeons it's going to have to be after that because I'm not going to not do that with her. So I literally ran a marathon 10 days before my double mastectomy. I told you I was tough. May not have been the smartest thing to do. I think my blood count had a little bit tougher time coming back. since my body was was depleted from the marathon. But we had that experience together, my sister and I. We were in the middle of training for it, and I wasn't about to abandon that plan. Anyway, so the pathology comes back uh, later, maybe that next day or two days, perhaps maybe three, and both breasts had additional spots that were Uh, suspicious slash uh, the the earlier stages of of cancer so it was a good thing that both breasts got taken care of the lymph node pathology report took a little longer to get back and I didn't realize how mortified I had I was feeling about that lymph node report because I had sort of pushed it down and thought, okay, it's going to be the lymph node report, and we'll just see, and if it's bad news, it's going to be bad news, and I'll just take it like a champ and do what I have to do. When that lymph node report came back negative, I think I cried for like an hour in relief. Like I sobbed like I had never sobbed before. I had been holding in so much pain and fear but i was so good at holding it together that i didn't realize how much was in that powder keg i didn't realize it it was one of the most powerful emotional lettings letting goes that i've ever had in my life And I'm sure now that I know what I know as a coach that I've helped hundreds of women go through their interior pain, I know there was more than that pent up in that powder keg that got released. Decades and decades of feeling fear that something bad was going to happen. Decades of feeling gypped that I didn't get what I should have deserved. All of that was attached to that news that broke me open and caused me to cry that hard that day. It wasn't the last time I had a um, spontaneous, big cry as I was recovering physically from my breast cancer surgery. I had many times where I cried out of the blue, releasing, still more tears, releasing still more pain inside. And it wasn't all about the physical pain, although there was a little bit of that going on. But it gave me the space to let go of so much that was stored inside. And all of that being stored inside had literally shut my inner being down so much. I didn't realize it. You see, we get so used to it, we just don't realize it. Again, we normalize things. Human beings are survivors. And it's really not the best thing for our soul because we cover it up with all that muck and negative self-talk and experiences that just keep getting piled on. Why me? When am I going to get my chance? So still, I think a couple of years after I had my double mastectomy, I still had some times where I just spontaneously just cried about something or let go something or realize something. I remember one time, two years after I had my double mastectomy, I ran the New York City Marathon with my partner. I wanted to claim my marathon self back, my fighter self back. So we trained for the New York Marathon. At one time we were out in a training run, a long 20-mile run. I literally just was overcome with, with, with crying and tears and I, I had to stop running. And I think a minute or two later, she looked back at me like, where are you? How did we, how did we lose track of each other here? And I, just, I was just so overcome with emotional letting go that I had to stop. I allowed myself that space. And I do to this day, if there's an emotional letting go that comes through spontaneously, I let it happen. I let it come through me because I know that freedom is on the other end of that. I give myself permission to feel those feelings and to have that level of release because I know my inner being is urging the release. Here's the trick. You need space for that to happen. And you need to pull the volume of all of the inner jabber down so that you can hear the inner being's needs. The reason why we don't pay attention to our inner being and the reason why we don't bring that divinity to life is because there's too much noise on the inside. And when I was recovering for those four weeks or so at home from my surgery, I know it should have been eight weeks, um, I had more space than I've ever had in my adult life to listen and to process. And having gone through surgery gave me permission to cry and be in pain and to reflect. It gave me permission to do that. It was a huge gift. Now, I'm not glad that my breasts were cut off and the consequential other things that had to happen with my body because of it. But it gave me the space to figure out who I was at the soul level and to really get clear on who I really am. And not just get clear, but to honor that, to honor the beauty and the strength and the truth of who I am. And that was the foundation of me creating what is now the Kick-Ass Workshop. It's not just a course to learn about stuff. It is literally a transformational journey because what I went through after breast cancer taught me some powerful things. And I literally was able to bring my power back into me, through me, within me, And I came back as a more powerful leader. I came back as a more authentic communicator. I came back more sure of my power, my decision-making. I wasn't hurt and flawed on the inside as much as I was before the breast cancer. Sure. My body was, but my internal inner being, the soul inside of me, was brought back to life by that space that I was able to use recovering my body. I was able to open up my soul to see myself, to see my divinity, to see what I was blessed with and who I am and to see all that I brought to the table as a human being in the world and then to be a human being in the world of work. All of us want to contribute to the world. All of us want to do that. We want to do great work. We want to use the education that we've spent so much time and money getting. We all want to do great work. And when we are denied that, when we are denied our ability to do our best work, it hurts. And if you don't know what to do about that hurt and being shut down, you're just going to be shut down with no avenue out of it. And that is one of the biggest sins. It is the biggest sin to shut your divinity down because you don't know how to recover from the disappointments. You don't know how to recover from not being as good as you want to be. And you get negative feedback or someone looking at you the wrong way or being passed over or not getting a particular job or all of these disappointments. And so you say, maybe I'm not as good as I thought. Maybe I can't speak up. Maybe I'll never be successful. And that inner dialogue clogs the system of your inner being. And this is why, because your inner being doesn't speak that loudly. Your limiting beliefs and all the negative stuff that's clogging the system speaks much more loudly. Because your divinity is just sitting there waiting for you To acknowledge it just like a small child but your soul doesn't cry for attention it just sits there because your Creator has infinite patience for you and with you and the way the universe is put together is to try to grab your attention and it took breast cancer and that double mastectomy for me to get the attend for me to listen to and be paid pay attention to my soul. It tried to grab my attention through job losses and through stress and all the agony that I was bringing along. But you know what? I kept normalizing that. I kept pushing it down and pushing it back and fighting even harder and stressing myself self out even more. And I would go for runs convincing myself that as long as I was running, I was handling all the stress that I had in my life. Make no mistake about it, that inner dialogue you can't run from. Make no mistake about it, you can't outwork negative self-talk. It's impossible. You've got to create an avenue of expression for your inner being in order to heal and in order to come back up to life from the inside. Your soul wants to be resuscitated so badly. It's desiring it, but you see, it doesn't speak loudly and it actually doesn't speak your language. It speaks the language of feelings and they're subtle and tender. And if you're busy working hard, pushing your foot to the work, 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 do stuff, do stuff, do stuff, take care of everyone else. If you're busy doing that, you're not going to hear the whisper of your soul. And that's why you're not paying attention to it. Because you keep shutting it down like it's not important, and yet it is the most important part of you. It is the essence of your divinity. And it is asking you every day to pay attention. But it's not a whiny little brat that's going to whine at you. It's a patient, ever present, infinite, divine piece of you. And that infinite, divine piece of you is patiently waiting for you to pay attention. And when you do, the gems and the beauty that you get to see about who you are is the most magnificent feeling that you will ever have. To experience your divinity is the most marvelous feeling. And that's why we have our clients do that first. Because without that fuel, your resume doesn't look that good. Because it's going to be covered up in negative self-talk even though it's not there. It's there. Because the energy that you emit into the world, if it's full of negative self-talk, that energy is negative, And you're going to be treated poorly. And the negative energy of the field is going to be attracted towards you because that's what you're putting out. But when you bring your soul to life and you recognize your beauty and how awesome you are and how beautiful your soul is and what your talents are and how great it is to have those talents, when you see that version of you, you're going to begin to attract people who see your talent and your brilliance. One of our lovely ladies in our workshop lost her job a couple of months ago. Uh, She has a PhD and she had a pretty cool job. And she liked it, but she was sort of bullied and not recognized and beaten down and it didn't feel good, but she sort of liked her job and her co-workers. But when she lost her job, she lost hope in herself. When she came into our workshop, this was again after a clarity call. Don't forget about that one, mofall.com slash give me clarity. When she came into our workshop because she decided she needed an expert, she decided she needed some help. Because what she was doing was the same repeating pattern. So when she gets into our workshop, she does the first lesson. And she starts to learn how to do the practices of bringing her soul alive. And it starts to feel a little bit good. And then in the second thing that we do is to help you craft the specifics of what you do so well in the work world. And she couldn't get there. She couldn't quite get there because the trauma of losing her job, the trauma of being bullied, the trauma of thinking that she wasn't good enough to do her work, that trauma was stifling her soul's next level of expression. She happens to own horses, and I had her go be with her horses for a week. That was her coaching. Get out of this proven formula that we have. You need a little detour. And it was bringing her back alive. I gave her some very specific things to work with her horses on. And she started to feel a little bit more gentle and loving toward herself as her horses were mirroring that. And then she came back into the work and she could start seeing herself as a, a talented professional woman. And as she continued to bring her light forward week after week, she began to see how awesome she is and how fun her jobs have been. Once she got past the muck and then all of a sudden out of the blue, she gets a consulting arrangement and then she starts firing out resumes for jobs that she totally knows she can do and that she's built for. And she's now excited and happy with who she is and what she's going to be doing in the future. And now her vibrational energy is on optimism and hopefulness and positive expectation and belief in herself and eagerness and enthusiasm and happiness and passion and being empowered and feeling free and happy in her soul, loving herself and being really clear on who she is and what she offers in the work world and feeling joy and appreciation for life. All of that is now going on inside of her. And she wasn't even close to that four to five weeks ago, not even close. And there's no way when you're a human being feeling totally trounced upon and have job trauma and feeling crappy about yourself, there's no way you can bounce into a better job or recover your career. It's impossible. It's like running a marathon when you can't breathe. You can't do it. You can't. Not that you don't want to. Not that you don't have the will. And so many people put their will up there. Oh, I can do this. And then they settle for a less than job because they are convinced that that bigger job was the problem. And it's not, it's the soul getting beaten down, bring it back to life and you will have a career recovery. When you bring your soul back to life, you will have a career recovery. You will be able to uplevel yourself. We just had a woman land a new job eight weeks after getting fired. $50,000 $50,000 more than she was making after she lost her last job, moving to another city that she is excited about, found her dream home. She and her husband are moving. It's the most exciting thing that we see as coaches in our workshop when our ladies get that type of outcome so quick. And I'm sure that she probably had friends who said, you know, maybe that big job isn't really something you should be doing. Maybe you should start down, down plane. Maybe you should go for something less. That's not what an expert tells someone who has talent and skill and experience. And now she's rocking it and she feels better than she's ever felt in her life. That's the work that we do because we know how to bring your soul back to life. If you're willing, interested in doing this to resuscitate your soul and your career, give us a a, a shout. Uh, MoFall.com slash give me clarity and we will help you get clarity. And if you want to work with us and it's a good fit, we'll help you bring your soul back to and land your dream job it's an awesome process and you're gonna feel better and you're gonna be in your divinity and you are finally gonna feel like you are living your life and the life that your divine creator intended you to live it's a beautiful beautiful way to live I hope that for you I really really do this is coach mo fall mofall.com. bring your soul to work please for the benefit of you and all of us we'll see you next time on bring your soul to work